gotta have gut hope. It's gotta get better. It's gonna get better. You've got this. This is the Gut Hope Podcast. Gotta have gut hope. Gut hope. Hope. Inspiration. And healing. It can happen. Hello, this is Steve Collings with the Gut Hope Podcast. I'm joined today by my new friend, Ryan Wilkie. He is the co-founder, well, he's the founder and co-admin now on the GI Cure Protocol Forum on Facebook. This is a forum I would encourage anybody who's going through the protocol and trying to work on stuff to get on. It's a great way to find support and share stories. I share most of my podcasts on there, and, it's, and this is how Ryan and I first met each other and started uh, collaborating a little bit on doing this podcast. So first of all, welcome Ryan. Thank you so much, Steve, for having me on. Yeah. It's a, this is a wonderful, wonderful podcast, a wonderful uh, thing that you're doing. I mean, I listen to most of what you have and just the interaction between you, your son, um, your your sister, I believe, and... Yep. Uh, just just the message that you guys are spreading in, in this venue it's it's a great thing it's a great thing and so absolutely support it and glad to be part of it yeah i sure appreciate you joining and you have an amazing story i know a lot of it you'd have to kind of pick through it all on the facebook site to get all of your story but you've done some live broadcasts of you actually in the hospital yes. bed and that's what really caught my attention of your story and what you'd gone through and I know that as we've been talking, you describe yourself as a successful failure, which I think is really funny because you've been on this road for a long time. But I think you're in a place where you're pretty happy, right? Currently, yeah. Yeah, yeah. currently. Currently happy. There, there's, I mean, there, there's, there, there's a lot to it. Um, I yep. mean, and I, I don't want to give uh, too much away because we're talking about a 30-year history of, of Crohn's disease and 10 of which, 10 years only uh, working with Dr. Snow. And I mean, to, to start out though, I mean, uh, one thing's, if you know, no one's familiar with Dr. Snow, um, on his website, he, he says that uh, about 95 or 99, whatever, high percentage of people he cures and then there's just a small percentage that you can't because they are too late getting into uh, the game, so to speak. I am in that little percentage. Right. And I decided to do it anyway. Yeah. Well, okay. We're kind of jumping to the end <laughs> right. of where I, you're I, at I right just, now. I just, yeah. I just wanted to establish that yeah. this, is, this is where I'm coming from. I am right. I'm, I'm, I'm someone... Where I mean, I was diagnosed uh, very young, and well, let's just start uh, there. Why don't you right. give us a little bit of history and just start about talking about your diagnosis? And I know right. if oh, we were to tell the whole story, we're a thirty-year story. It would be 
too many hours of conversation that we could even put on this. So Correct. I hope everybody. So we're going to bullet point this thing. We're bullet point <laughs> this thing and then, and then get and then get to somewhat present time. But yeah. I mean, as far as formal introduction, our formal introduction. Yes, uh, my name is Ryan Wilkie. Um, I I did start the GI protocol, GI Cure protocol forum about almost ten years ago, and uh, I started it. Uh, for the reason being that um, there was nothing else like out there like that. I would, I mean, I, I go to uh, different forums for Crohn's and colitis all the time. I'm, I'm part of them. I don't really get in conversation much, but I, I read people's posts and uh, I comment uh, when I can. But I noticed that talking about Dr. Snow or, or, or new methods like that always got a lot of negative responses. And I wanted a place and a space where people uh, could go and see a group of people that were on the protocol or were curious about the protocol and could actually look at results uh, from people uh, firsthand and to be encouraged and feel that support. Because I know there's many people uh, with, uh, with family and friends that don't get support um, Heck, with just with just dealing with Crohn's disease, let alone finding something that so uh, seems so out of the box uh, beyond the medical or even, or even regular uh, holistic teaching um, to 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 pursue. So it's one of the reasons I never imagined that it was going to reach the amount of people that it has been, and I'm I'm very thankful for that. As many people as we can reach as possible, it's great. And and I'm I am co-admin now because. Um, the job is just uh, very overwhelming to to monitor everybody right. and and Tammy who um, is is an admin on there she's she's wonderful um, she she volunteered uh, to do that and uh, I, I'm glad to have her on and to to kind of uh, police people around when needed and, and the little conversations we have is is a great great thing so yeah, so that that's a little part of me on that on that side yeah, yeah. go ahead Steve I was just going to say the forum does fill a need that I wish I knew existed back when I was trying to find solutions. Like, right. um, even when I was going to the website and looking for answers, I was like, I want to talk to someone about this, right? I want to, I want to ask exactly. a question before I commit or get into this. And I think the forum is an awesome place to go. Again, it's Facebook and it's called the GI Cure Protocol Forum. Right, okay. right. I, I felt I felt the same way, and then the other part of me too is that um, I'm not a medical professional. But disclaimer, not a medical professional. All I'm talking about is uh, my life and how I dealt with things, uh, right or wrong, and um, how Dr. Snow worked with me. I I am basically a disabled filmmaker, and um, filmmaking is one of the uh, uh, purposes uh, in my life outside of my my wife uh, my son my family and my faith uh, it's one of the things that I I pursue and it's it's something that has uh, kept my mind from not being idle to where like these past especially these past several years when I've gone undergone uh, periods of hospitalization surgeries um, that uh, I had that to focus on and it's always good when uh, when someone has something to focus on because it's that little um, uh, inner thing in your mind to 
keep keep you uh, going uh, in life because you have no, nothing to pursue then uh, what what is life life worth living for um, and so I, I have this YouTube channel I'm just gonna do a shameless self-promotion for a second uh, called uh, <laughs> Tales of Valhalla Tales of Valhalla and you can type that name in YouTube search bar and and find us out there and it's just a basically a silly stop-motion uh, adventure story um, based on an old discontinued board game called HeroScape. And I have uh, worked with a few dozen uh, volunteers, basically, of, of voice actors. Um, I've spent the last uh, five years uh, doing stop-motion animation for it. And just this year, I'm complete, about to complete everything that I set to do. And I'll take a long break after it's done probably a few years and then and then get back uh, right on to making more seasons but if anybody wants to uh, check it out um and uh leave leave a comment I, i'm always uh answering comments on there from people uh, as well and i i try and share as much as possible when 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 because i i've i've had uh interviews um from people and when i talk about the filmmaking aspect of the show i also talk about the fact that um, i have crohn's disease and uh, this was an avenue for me to uh, pursue um, in spite of the fact of like feeling a pain, fatigued, uh, fatigue. Um, it was one thing that kept me going and uh, it's established a, a wonderful uh, friendships and, and uh, basically comrades, um, uh, fellow filmmakers and, and enthusiasts uh, uh, to, to work with them. And it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think uh, just from our conversations about this and how much this meant and does mean to you, I think it's a big part of maintaining your health and your hope and thinking about all those relationships of people who've come together to help you through some hard point in your life is very important, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And so, it also it also I just want to say it also... Okay. Uh, it encourages people because I, I know of people that have started pursuing um, the, the, their own purposes, their their own goals because of it as well, and it's it's kept them from um, getting into depression. They don't have Crohn's per se, but at least I'm there, you know, to be able to be like, look, I'm doing something. Um, just just pursue something, and you'll feel um, so much more alive. Um, yeah. Than, than you are so just to battle that depression aspect of it that mental health aspect of it all right so i gotta ask you this gotcha question here ryan about your uh stop motion yeah. movies i yeah. since i know you and know that you have crohn's i noticed like every episode talks about somebody getting their butt kicked or butt hurt or something <laughs> <laughs> now did That's you do that a lot did you do that intentionally or is that uh... I don't think so that's probably oh, that's subconsciously funny. that's pretty um, cool I mean I, I try to keep the show I, I, and and actually someone asked me this a few months ago it, you know can my kids like my young kids watch this show and, and I'm like yes absolutely I made the show uh, for, for for families to view that's, that's one thing I, I like early on in uh, pre-production pre when writing the scripts that I was thinking, okay, should I make this uh, like an adult um, type venue or should I keep it for the whole family? And mm -hmm. came down to keeping the whole family because that's just who I, that's just who I am. 
Um, and so you got the adult humor in there. You also got the kid humor in there. It, and it's mo mostly all just my dry humor. And then when a voice actor decides to ad-lib something really good, that's what usually takes the place in the script. I, I have some wonderful uh, friends who have volunteered over the years. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful for them to be part of the project. Yeah, I think you described it to me as Lord of the Rings with satire. <laughs> Is that right? With more satire. <laughs> with more I mean, satire. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I do, I do take um, uh, a, a lot from from Lord of the Rings. Some, some of them I even say like um, at the beginning of season two, there's a battle scene to where you know the castle is is about almost a copy of what Helm's Deep is. Oh, okay. Um, and, and so some people catch on to that. So yeah, I. I <laughs> I, I tie I tie some things in there and and they're going on a quest. It's you know it's it's like a regular uh, Dungeons and Dragons or the Rings you know fantasy uh, type type adventure. It's pretty good. It's entertaining. I encourage people to watch it if they get a chance and yeah, especially that. when you understand the role it was playing in your life at the time. I think it make makes it mean it, even it, more. So the role the role even uh, this present time as well. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, let's get down to business now, Ryan. Yes, sir. Let's start with day one, the history. Day, right, <laughs> right. Well, how did it all and, begin? Right. How it old began, were you? When did this all hit the fan, so to speak? I was 11 years old. Wow. And the first time that I remembered uh, the the actual physical pain uh, of my uh, guts literally hurting me was, I think it was... Uh, driving home from the dentist office I, I remember i remember that much and and obviously i wasn't driving my, my mom was and just you know as a kid and i just felt this really um like a like a like a needle was poking in my stomach for like five ten seconds and like just it just hurt awful and then it mm. went away but then it kept on returning and returning until it was just a you know st steady pain and and over the course of um, uh, of a few months, I think, uh, I just steadily got worse. Um, doctors, like fa my family doctor, was advising you know my parents that go see a specialist. Can I interrupt it, you for just a second? Right. Um, I'm just curious, like as an 11 year old kid, mm -hmm. trying. I mean, is that something you told your mom about? Like, I feel like I got a needle in my gut. Or were you kind of embarrassed and saying, I don't want to talk to anyone about this? Do you remember that time? From what I remember, uh, I communicated that I, I was hurting uh, mm. early on. Um, communication with my parents um, and them, like, not believing me or, or uh, discouraging me. Uh, that never really happened much. Oh, that's great. My, my parents were very supportive, and that's one's I find it strange sometimes. Um, although, I mean, it's not that I don't believe it. I believe it, but it, it's it's just sad to me when I hear it, all the time from uh, different Crohn's forums of people that feel so alone because they are alone. They they try and tell people. They try they try to tell family. They try and tell doctors. Uh, and nobody just seems to get it and they're just in mm. this uh, endless cycle and circle with with without basically a friend in the world 
and uh, without that support. And I, I'm thankful that um, I, I, I didn't really have um, too much negative. Good. Yeah, ne ne un negative unsupport. <laughs> uh, you had supportive. You had supportive parents that were trying to find an answer for you, and they were taking you to many doctors right. and trying to find. Well, well, what's well going starting on. out, um, not not too much. Uh, without oh. getting too much, without okay. getting too much into it, like I said, um, a family doctor advised to go see specialist, and it took time, and and there were reasons for that, um, mm -hmm. but. Long story short, I did not go see see a specialist until I was like really, really in a bad way, and I mean I wasn't I wasn't dying or anything at this point, but I was losing weight, and we just we had no idea what was going on. We were guessing, oh, it was just a little thing. I mean, I know uh, my dad um, and his father had a history of ulcers, so we we're just thinking, okay, it's just you know some light gut problem. Mm -hmm. And so we were uh, trying like uh, like herbs or um, I, I think one time there was like uh, like some type of tree bark tea <laughs> that okay. that was being tried. But um, eventually it just it affected my livelihood so much that we finally agreed like okay we got to go see a specialist. Um, got to got to go got to go see a gastroenterologist. How old were you at that point? Still eleven, or I was still eleven, uh, turning yeah. twelve. Like I said, uh, this all this happened was a it was a matter of a, a few months. Oh, and and we actually it involved a move too, because at the time we were living in Wisconsin, then we moved down to Mississippi, hmm. and and so here in Mississippi, uh, close close to in a town close to Memphis, uh, Tennessee, so you know right right on the northern part of Mississippi there. So we were in a you know strange strange state strange place didn't um, know many people and uh, we went to see a specialist and I remember the doctor coming in and, and looking at me and he's like that boy has Crohn's disease and we had never heard that word we, yeah. we, we didn't know anything about uh, this illness um, but Dr. Rowland wanted to run some tests and I remember um, like during that initial meeting, the uh, frustration of my of my dad um, and him looking at me, and I saw fear in his eyes. Wow! And and it was a man that realized that he was um, not going to be able to control anything about this. Not wasn't going to really be able to do anything to to fix the problem. And right. when when I saw that, you know, as as a young boy, you know, your your father should be um, the uh, the person that's like that has all the answers, you know. Sure. Um, I know that changes as you you know become an adult and stuff, but at that age, I mean, you should have it. And at that time, I realized that oh my goodness, I'm 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 in something that isn't going to be solved overnight yeah i remember the same feeling when i was told that with my son like and how they explained you're not ever going to solve it right. i mean that's how it was explained to me like it's there is no solution we just hope to control it and that, that as a father was a very helpless 
feeling so i can relate to how your dad helplessness yeah like yeah right yeah definitely helplessness and i mean i'm 39 years old now and i, I mean i still remember that quite vividly um so th- i mean this was early 90s i mean there was no internet really um I mean, there was, but I mean, not ex- as accessible uh, as it is now. I mean, we still had the, I mean, the best thing you could do was like dial up. And you remember, remember those, sure. <laughs> and you'd spend like, like 15 minutes to an hour for you just to sign in on the internet. So you make dinner and then you come back and see how, you know, how far computers progressing. And then you would just maybe go to AOL.com or, you know, something that's like, internet was very stone age back then. I know for all you young people, they <laughs> it was it's very hard to find that. answers, right? I mean, you were extremely hard. Very reliant upon the medical industry to give you advice. You, you, Absolutely, you know. and and for and for a time, for a few years um, after tests were done, we realized, okay, yes, he he had uh, he had all these issues uh, in his in his colon. Um, I took drugs. I took prednisone. I took Imuran. Prednisone, like, will at least for me, it. it made me gain weight really quick but it was from the drugs yeah <laughs> um, and it it totally like uh changed uh my body appearance and and entering my adolescence because um at this time when i saw that gastroenterologist for that first time i was 11 turning 12 and my, my birthday was just days away um mm-hmm. and so throughout my whole adolescence it came to like kind of a realization that the doctors can't cure this. Yeah. And trying to maintain it with drugs wasn't going to be a solution uh, because prednisone is uh, some effective stuff, but also going to be nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. I've been, and I've always on Imuran for a long time off and on as a child and, and as adult. And that never seemed like it was really all that effective. Um, so my parents thought, okay, let's try and explore, you know, other things. Maybe, maybe there's something naturally you can do. And, and so as a teenager growing up, you know, like uh, 15, 16 years old now, um, mm-hmm. like drugs kept some things at bay. Um, so I would like, you know, get on drugs and taper off and then I might start feeling bad, you know, uh, after a few months or a few years. From what I remember, I don't I know if my mom would be listening to this right now. She'd be like, no, no, it's, it's actually like this. But I'm just <laughs> going, to, going based off, you know, what, what I remember. But Ryan, but did, I, did you actually yeah. go years without any drugs? Like the, it would just uh, wax and wane that much? This, this is something that I'm thinking about at, at this moment. Um, I think from that time, um, from the initial gastroenterologist visit and then getting tests done, um, then, then getting getting some drug therapy. Um, I think it was a good number of years before I had anything else serious happen. I, th- I think drugs maintained it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it was it, if, it, if it was uh, only a short time, it was just a few years until eventually like 14, 15, uh, 16 years old, I started going back in to see the doctor more frequently because I was starting to have issues again. You know, it's like you taper off drugs and then Mm -hmm. uh, Imuran wasn't, you know, as effective. Get back on steroids again. And around that time, though, uh, my parents thought, you know, how about we try um, going a more natural route Um, Mm -hmm. with diet? And so they were looking at uh, 
diff different ways to do diet. The limited access you could, you could have on the internet at that time, uh, looking things up. Like I remember uh, one um, person that had Crohn's disease became a fruitarian, which is um, instead of eating vegetables, just ate fruit all the time. And, and that, um, as we know at this present time, alleviated uh, the, the symptoms a little right. bit. Because, because when it comes to diet, as uh, if anybody who's uh, looked at Dr. Snow's protocol and some of his uh, writings is that um, removing some food can alleviate the symptoms, and I've done that, but the damage still continues if you're not if you're not replacing uh, the intestinal wall and the mucosal barrier, then it's just going to keep on degrading. Did you find anything in your diet where you were like, "Yep, I can't have that." and that's a problem or was it always just like you woke up one morning and oh great now I'm got a problem again for some reason what was it like for you with your diet were you trying to focus on that and control it uh, sounds like your mom was to some extent but yeah my my parents uh, what they ended up doing was uh, my mom was uh, talking to my uh, gastroenterologist at the time uh, for it and he just was kind of negative about it uh -huh. so she decided not to really tell him much of anything about what we're doing at home mm -hmm. was, which was probably a good decision and started uh, going on like juice fast my, my parents got got a juicer and I, I, I think um, for as far as alleviating symptoms and trying to keep uh, things going nutritionally that getting like a good juicer like a cold-pressed juicer is a good idea for a lot of people with Crohn's and colitis. So that way you can remove the fiber and still get the nutrients of the juice while you're healing yourself. So, so that in, in that principle, that's good, but we were just doing the juicing. Mm -hmm. And so that, that started like morning and evening. Uh, I remember waking up like early in the morning, my dad, before he would go to work, and come in, come in my bedroom with this tall glass of, of juice that <laughs> I, I would say wasn't all filtered. And, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm picky like that, too. But they're just like, drink all of it, drink all of it, drink all of it. We, you know, we're still, still, still learning. And I did that morning and evening for about a year. And were those um, your meals? Would that be your breakfast and supper, basically? I, I, would, I would have other things, but we... Um, it was it was basically um, going cold turkey, especially for me, to where uh, we changed everything. We wow. uh, got got rid of most most meat. Um, went went like strictly vegetarian, uh, raw, which as we know now is not really a good thing. But uh, you know, went with salads, um, I, like uh, <laughs> like like spaghettios or, or stuff like that. Was um, anything canned or processed? Um, most was mostly removed um, from the household. So um, I'd, it wasn't me that did this transition. It was basically my whole family that did this transition. And, and what was the result of it? Well, it alleviated symptoms. And coming into my uh, late teens and then early 20s, I tried maintaining that. Mm. It, you basically call it, I guess, a low-residue diet. But we still didn't understand the fact that um, eliminate the fiber or try and keep things as low fiber as possible. We thought fiber was a good thing. Right. And so still tried to uh, 
maintain fiber as well as well as juicing and and when I got into uh, like adulthood in my 20s um, when I was like taking care of myself <laughs> I I mean maybe I didn't follow that specifically but um, along in my 20s I was as living as as normally as I could and I could maintain a life but always in the back of my mind I I understood the fact that my intestines were still degrading even though it's funny how you can understand something subconsciously and then when someone tells you that this is going on you're just like aha this this is what I had thought to to begin with I, I knew that medically and what I was doing nutritionally wasn't going to rebuild what was damaged in, in my intestines and so, I knew it could take my life wow that's a heavy thought right when when do you think you realize that this is the the way I could potentially die if I don't get oh, this under control early on really young very, very early yeah yeah wow. very early on like I mean up like probably like sometime after diagnosis between like like 12 and 15 and it affects you as as a child that's why i feel um so strongly when uh when someone gets on the forum yeah on the gi care protocol protocol forum and said you know i have a child and like like your son um and others and other kids that are very young that are diagnosed and it makes me so happy to know that you know their parents are trying to do everything uh, possible because right. I don't want them to have uh, the the life that I had yeah um, the, the the pain that I had I I, I don't want anybody I want to ask that on my worst enemy um, to to go through that uh, t- type of pain because um, sometimes doctors would ask me you know it's like okay pain pain level from one to ten I'm like a hundred <laughs> <laughs> It's just, yeah. it just excruciating stuff. Um, yeah. But I, I know throughout my adolescence, uh, one thing that was difficult for me was was the self-talk in my head. I didn't have anybody outside telling me stuff like this, but it, my, my, my inner self-talk in my head um, telling myself that, you know, I'm thin, I'm skinny, um, mm-hmm. not amount to anything. Uh, and... Even though I had the support of my family, I had um, many, many people praying for me from the very beginning uh-huh. um, before I was even diagnosed, and I still have many, many people praying for me today. I felt so alone. Wow. Uh, because no one else had this. You know, everyone else was living their lives, you know, happy, quote unquote, happy. Right. Um, and not that, you know, people being with me like physically but just uh having that level of understanding like they know what i'm going through and no one yeah. i came across had this so it's like you don't know what i'm going through and so it's just feeling that uh, sense of aloneness and, and and it got me in a state to where i was a shell of a person coming up to uh, 18 years of age um it was really Emotion. without without too much hope emotionally like yeah. what life you know am i gonna have what what's what what's the point of it i um was very directionless it was a it was a very low point uh, in my life you're 
down emotionally and and physically right, right. Fe- feeling like this this struggle um, yeah. even even with the um, working with the diet and for it to you know get me kind of functioning you, you know you can still feel the inner pain within your gut um, anytime you would eat a trigger food mm-hmm. that would set off digestion and like I said at that time I didn't realize that you know corn is a problem or uh, <laughs> And that and corn and like whole corn is in virtually everything <laughs> um, in food out there. You really have to watch that. Uh, yeah. But just struggling with that in my body and then then my own mind. At that point, at um, 18 years a- of age, um, I had I had come to a crossroads to where um, I could live in a state of uh, despair and hopelessness. Or figure out that there might be another path, and so, uh, and so this is the next uh, prehistory thing, because um, this this is a thing I, I'd like to note in my life uh, that I made a decision um, about something that I didn't think was going to be so significant, but it was, and like I said, it was it was in my 18th uh, year of age. I made a decision to go on a mission trip. And at this time, we had moved uh, from Mississippi up to Michigan, uh, just got involved uh, in this church, and uh, getting in a youth program at that age was um, kind of odd, but um, lots of friendly kids there, mm-hmm. and uh, very active, and, and there, was one, uh, there was one church service where they had a missionary um, come out from uh, uh, a little county in, in West Virginia. And I, I guess they had gone to West Virginia years before. I mean, it was a very active youth youth program at that time, uh, with a with a pastor working with it and everything. They had, you know, a workable youth pastor, and and he had kids, and there were just a bunch of kids throughout it. And I got inspired to make the decision to go. And keep in mind, this is me. I didn't go anywhere. I was, um, like yeah. close to my parents' hips at all time. At all times, I. I never ventured out, especially with a bunch of people that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, I made that decision uh, to go, and it was during the summer of 2000 or 2001. I'm trying to I'm trying to get remember. I, if if I get that wrong, sorry to everybody who who know, who knows this event. But <laughs> um, yeah, July. Where and did, where did you go on this mission trip? Where was this to? McDowell County, West Virginia. And okay. it was uh, through an organization called Muster Seeds of Mountains. And there was about, eh, I'd say about 30 or 40 of us that went, adults and kids. And I didn't really know anybody. And spent the week uh, building a roof. I am scared to death of heights. Okay. And did it anyway. And we actually finished the roof. Like Usually on these work mission trips where you're helping people, you know, their homes uh, low-income people uh, build their homes and stuff you you might not complete something uh, throughout a whole week and and at, at this uh, organization they, they warn you that but we did complete it and it was a satisfying thing to uh, complete the roof for this family but the important thing was um, the um, the pastor's wife uh, was part of my group and she gave her testimony uh, in the middle of the week yeah. and it affected me to where I 
talked to her before we got in the van to go back to uh, our uh, the place that we were staying and I could barely get out what I was saying and I just broke down and I cried I cried very very uh, hard um, mm. and it was the f and I didn't realize that I had held everything in since being diagnosed with Crohn's disease yeah to where I I, I thought in order to be strong that you just couldn't let anything out and so I stayed that way for a long long time up until this point and um, it just it just came out and crying is healing let me tell you mm. and um, there were just some things that uh, I like I don't want to say confess but um, ha had to get out and and just uh, unloading my pain to basically a stranger I mean she's not a stranger anymore she's she and a lot of these people are very dear and good friends and then later that day um, uh, the pastor her, her husband came to me and said Ryan uh, Leslie told me uh, that this type of thing happened and we just want to know that we're here for you and uh, we're, we're gonna pray for you and your family and with these kids um, and these adults for that week I understood at that time what it what friendship really meant hmm. and and what it meant and it's funny it's like I could talk about <laughs> dealing with the pain of Crohn's disease and not be emotional at all when I talk about something like this then I'm then I'm to tears um, yeah it's very but, core uh, yeah yeah it, that hey, that trip gave me such a, a, a just a spark of hope a spark of of realizing that maybe there's you know more to um this pain if i if i can just endure it not just ignore it or, or, or fight it um in, in the sense of of negative but but embrace it and still move forward anyway and just try and and make what difference i can i mean that all didn't come together that week I mean, it, it unfolded as, as time went forward, but that was definitely a, a bookmark in my life that set me in motion to, to understand that there's um, more to life than, than pain. There's uh, more to life than, um, than, than losing hope um, and, and to, yeah. to never, uh, give give up hope and to never uh, give up no, no matter even if you lose e even like i i have many instances dealing with crohn's disease to where i've lost mm -hmm. and nothing i can do about it but you know what I, I i still keep on on going anyway because there's um, so much to live for so much to to, to fight for uh, in this life yeah you are and, one of the most positive and optimistic and uh persistent people i've ever talked to about this you're tenacious and i definitely respect you it. for that and it, hey thank it came you from yeah i'm sorry i just wanted to say thank you for being so open right now and talking about this stuff because that's hard right and um you're talking about things that are very deep and core in your heart i think what you just brought up the spiritual aspect is very important we haven't really talked about that a whole lot right. and it sounds like you had a very 
coming of age type moment where you broke away from your mom and dad you got on a roof when you didn't think you could you know one of these big I'm doing things that I didn't think I could do but then also had a spiritual moment that you weren't sounds like you were raised um, with spiritual parents and stuff but now you're separated from them and having this moment where you realize the importance of friendship and having hope is that a good characterization of what happened i would say so yes um yeah the value of friendship is one of the most valuable things you can have in life Hmm. it's one of the things that you can keep on going and yeah and the spiritual side um yes uh, uh, faith definitely increased and it's it's one thing um that uh just and i know everybody listening none of this has to do with the protocol but I, I get it. I get it. And we're, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. But it's important for y'all to understand not just the how, but the why. Right. Why should we do this? Why, why should we keep on going when it doesn't seem like there's no hope? It's probably going to be different for other people. But uh, some of the core values might be important uh, for you to listen to. And, and I, I got to say something as well um i know for people out there who might not think they got a friend of the world be like look you go to the gi uh, cure protocol forum um you you find my posts my account uh, private message me if you feel like you don't got a friend in the world you got a friend here you got support here if you need if you need a cheerleader i'll grab the (laughs) pom-poms i know that is true yeah when you find success, you love to rally around someone that hasn't found it yet, right? It's it's just you want to tell everyone you know you, you're going to be all right. There's a way through this, right? And when you're feeling like you don't know what to do, there is no hope, that's hard to believe. Right. Right. And And so finding the hope in spite of the fact that um, I still thought that I was going to die before 30 years old. I still thought that I was never going to get married. No one would want me. I was never going to have kids. Wow. Um, I, 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 still, I still thought that way. But, like I said, that, that trip gave me a spark of hope that um, blazed me into my 20s and kept me going. And then um, there were other instances to where I met more people that became friends. And I met more people that became friends and mentors. And built me up more, helped me grow up more, um, continued up to the point till eventually I met my wife. And that, that was in my mid twenties. And, and that'll be the next, that'll be the next stop that I go on in this. Cause you don't want to go on forever for 30 years. Like you said earlier, 30 years <laughs> worth of life that probably gonna be pretty insanely boring anyway. But, um, let's go uh, to my wife just real quick. Met her on a blind date. Uh, she, um, actually is a first-generation immigrant here into the United States, became a United States citizen after uh, after we got married, um, some years after, and went, we went through the whole uh, immigration process, and it's, it's always fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, she was someone, when I met her, I knew she was someone that would stand beside me uh, no matter what. I, it's just, you just have that feeling sometimes about somebody, or... or you, you want you want to trust you you want to put that trust in somebody 
And when you find that person, you just you you don't want to let them go. And I and I I told her early on too when we were dating and and uh, eventually got married. That it's like, look, this is what's going to happen uh, in the future. Um, I'm going to struggle with this because. I mean, this is just, this is, this is the illness that I'm struggling with. And she didn't really have too much of an idea of what Crohn's was until she met and married me. Mm. Um, oh, and, and one thing I also want to say before, because I veer off to different things, but <laughs> no, uh, coming, coming back to the faith aspect too, um, at a young age, I, I always had a trust in, in God. And I think it's very important for, for anybody who, who believes in God out there to no matter what happens, uh, always trust. I mean, I, I've had points to where um, the trust was very weak, but I never let go. Should, should never let go because that's at least one thing that you can control, and that's one thing you can hold on to is, is you know, uh, trust and trust in your faith. But um, anyway, going back to my wife, uh, it was a. Uh, 2011, we got married in 2009. So come uh, uh, mid 2011, um, all this stuff within my illness started started building up because I knew mm. um, that things were deteriorating. And uh, just for um, just for those uh, out there who want the uh, the answers to the test right away, um, <laughs> I, I I didn't realize that the scar tissue buildup in my intestines, like I just I thought I was just feeling like. Um, just damage in my intestines that, you know, it was just inflammation and there was some damage, but it wasn't that bad, but I was deteriorating. I was, I was losing, I started losing weight a little than, than rapidly. I wasn't eating too much. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and from, uh, like mid 2011 until, uh, early 2012, um, I was in the state of having blockages and I didn't realize it. The uh, scar tissue buildup in my large intestine was uh, so extreme that there was some areas to where I had just a circumference of like just a millimeter. Circumference. Wow. Oh, and just wow. a whole buildup of scar tissue in there. So I was really gone, and but and I didn't realize it. Um, I was going through all the symptoms, but I, I didn't recognize that that's what it was. And so... I was dying. My wife was watching me literally just wither away to where I'd be act. I was active and then just stopped eating and slowly losing weight. Um, and so she was looking, um, she, she's the type of woman that will, uh, try, try anything to, Mm -hmm. to help, to help somebody. She, she has, she has that, that spirit. Um, it's one of the things I love about her. And so I, I, but I told her, I'm like, I'm I'm like Priscilla, I, I've already, uh, you know, done all these things. I've already done lots of diets. Um, I've done everything under the sun practically. And she's like, well, you need to go to the hospital. I'm I'm not going to go to the hospital. I haven't gone, I haven't gone to the hospital. Uh, and, and that's another thing too. Um, note, (laughs) <laughs> um, I stopped. I stopped going to the hospital like after like sixteen, seventeen years old. So I, I hadn't really seen a gastroenterologist for all those years. Whoa. So it was just mainly just maintaining a diet. Um, wow. Which 
whether that was a good or a bad thing, I don't know. It certainly wouldn't have improved my situation. Can I explore that just a little bit? Like, Absolutely. Like, a young age, did something set you off, or why did you just finally say, I'm well, not going... Were you just so fed up with the system, or what? <laughs> well, because <laughs> it is uh, frustrating. It, but I wonder. Right, right. No, it, like, it was it was when we transitioned uh, to vegetarian yeah. lifestyle. My parents did that transition. Then we just stopped going to the doctor altogether. Wow. After that as well, especially from moving to um, moving from Mississippi to uh, Michigan, um, turning eighteen, um, we just we just didn't see any doctor just didn't, just didn't go to any doctor didn't transition for that so interesting um, hey can yeah. i ask you one other question i try to ask mm-hmm. everyone this like because we're always wondering like how did this start i know there's a lot of different theories out there but i'm sure you've thought about what was going on in your life at this time and you you even talked about how you were you moved shortly um after you were started first having symptoms and i know mm-hmm. stress is like a major thing with a lot of people i just kind of right. wonder what your thoughts are like why is this 11 year old kid getting uh crohn's disease what what's your take on it or you don't have to have a a set in stone opinion right. i'm just curious what you think well i mean the stress didn't happen until after the symptoms so <laughs> it's like it's like a oh. catch-22 if that if that's the thing um, okay i was a, i was a fairly happy kid but i mean in my opinion um yes there are physiological things um that that can happen i i think stress can cause ulcers in the system but as far as the like the removal of the mucosal lining and, and the act that actual uh, damage and the destruction of the intestines um and this coming on uh, what from what Dr. Snow has researched and tested is is that realization and and this is something I didn't figure out until uh, spoiler alert it's my wife who found Dr. Snow uh, <laughs> that uh, antibiotics had a big role to play and, and and we'll discuss that in a little bit too so so yeah coming on uh, early 2012 now end of 2011 early 2012 i was i was in a really bad state and actually it was 10 years ago Mm -hmm. this month that that this was going on it's just incredible but yeah my wife my wife was struggling to look for something online and was emailing all sorts of people with all sorts of things and like i said um i told him like i've i've done or been close to doing all of these types of things it's just it's you know it's completely useless and so i think she was on like the last like google window <laughs> uh it like she she can correct me if if i'm wrong with this but i'm just trying to remember what her account was and i think it had to refresh and she's like okay one more time refresh it and it was the last time she was looking for something and boom uh there came a link to dr snow yeah and so she told me about Dr. Snow, and I'm just like, ah, and rejected. I'm like, I already know what he's going to talk about. I, you know, just totally just <laughs> not interested, you know, negative about it. Ah, I mean, what, you know, what, what does he know? Um, but I, he, had, he had a video uh, on his website at that time, and I watched it, and what, what was said on there made sense. And anybody, anybody who uh, is listening to this podcast, I encourage you. Go, go to his website, Steve, 
you know what the website is. Please say it, sir. GIcure.com. That's the easiest way to get there. And like I said, from what I say from now, and and if we talk about this stuff in future podcasts, um, I am not a medical doctor. I am not even a holistic doctor or uh, anything like that. I'm just a guy um, that, (laughs) that, that goes through these things. Please. Um, go to the source and find out what you need done for you because it could be something different. Anyway, here I am just, you know, suffering and you got to imagine a blockage pain. I mean, it, it was, it was really bad. It, it, it was, it was very excruciating pain and going through uh, the weight loss and fatigue and just, and just everything going along with it. Um, and, hey, and, still, and Ryan, still looking. Yes, sir. I, I'm sorry. I'm not super familiar with blockages thankfully but mm-hmm. I get the idea of what you're saying there's a lot of scarring and it's gotten down where the lower intestine is super small and so the right the so fecal it's matter very, very is not hard passing to, through it right it's right? very very hard to digest and this was this was on my large intestine mostly so what do uh, they do for you do they do they try to loosen the stool so it'll pass through it or uh, aside well, from surgery what right w- what kind of approach do they have well, we'll get to that oh, next time. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. I know th- there, there's there's so much. Um, All right. But I, I I'm like I'm like I'm like building up to the end of this. <laughs> um, All right. You go with your story. I'll, yeah, yes, sir. I'm along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just imagining right. how painful that would be, and I'm like, well, what can you do about it? I I, I can't help but go. And man, keep in mind too, I didn't have any drugs. I. I uh, um, throughout this whole time, too, um, up up until um, th- this 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 part, um, hooking up with Doctor Snow or, or, or finding access to Doctor Snow, uh, I did not use um, any drugs, narcotics at all for that whole time of having Crohn's disease from 11 years old and, until besides you know the prednisone and, and the Imuran, um, and that was young age, and then in my 20s, um, dealing with this pain. I use no drugs whatsoever. I nope. dealt with the pain with my own stubborn will. <laughs> Not even a Tylenol or anything, huh? Not even a Tylenol. Wow. I, I didn't. Jeez, I, I, I just endured it. Um, might have been a mistake, but that that, that that's just, uh, like I said, it's just how stubborn I am. Um, you, when, were, uh, you were saying yeah. you got on there and saw a video saw a video and it resonated with you something he was saying it made sense what what was being said made sense and so i decided to give dr snow a call of course and and for those of you who are looking at like the price tag of what's being charged on the website today compared to what he was charging 10 years ago y'all got nothing to complain about i'm sorry (laughs) and and me and my wife were very broke at this time i had no money to pay anything but I decided just to give Dr. Snow a phone call and just and just see if I could talk to him. So I called him up on a Friday, I think a Friday afternoon, and left a message saying, you know, I just wanted to talk to him. And the day after, which is a Saturday, he called me up. And that told me right away that this is someone who wants to help if he's going out of his way on the weekend to call someone who's just asking, hasn't paid a dime, just wanted to ask some questions. And I talked to him for about half an hour. 
he recommended a couple of supplements to take and he's like you know you should really get on you know the protocol because I think it can help you um, and, and also keep in mind that I didn't know that I was having blockages at this time oh. so I was just telling him like some of the symptoms I was having and what I knew I had um, about 10 15 years before that time okay um, so we didn't know we, we didn't know about any of this and hey, Ryan what? Yes, sir. I, I don't know if I missed this, but the doctor who diagnosed you, did he just look at you on the outside and go, this kid's got Crohn's, or did you actually right. end up having a colonoscopy and stuff? Or Oh, I did, because okay. I mean, do- right. doctors need their tests. Yes, but okay. He, he kind of knew that was the case. He took, and I hear my mom say it, he just took one look at Ryan and was like, that boy's got Crohn's disease. Just knew it. Did, okay. You, you could just tell because of you know the shape that you're in you know the paleness the yeah. <clears throat> you you can tell when a person has intestinal problems like on these like crohn's disease commercials selling drugs or whatever and <laughs> like you have this actors like oh yes i have crohn's disease and i'm like you do not have crohn's disease <laughs> no, i'm you sorry don't. you yeah. you're just a paid actor <laughs> and it just totally turns you off for those commercials anyway i digress uh uh so talking with dr snow um and and th- and this uh, this is for people like saying you know it's like well I can't do this because you know um, my finances you know I don't have the money you know I can't I can't afford these supplements and yep. I totally understand that I went through all of that me and my wife were very broke I had to borrow money and, and the amount we paid initially was about three times the amount that people are paying today mm-hmm. and it was still worth it because I knew the price of going to a regular medical doctor. Yeah. And I'm just like, so I pay you once and for the rest of my life, I can call you Dr. Snow at any time and get your advice at any time. I'm sold. So borrowed money from a friend, got this protocol started. And for about a month, I was taking like, uh, like, like a dozen pills of just uh, whatever he was recommending at that time. And I know it changes for for people and 10 years ago I, I know it's like there there are like supplements that are like better or things that he, he finds because um you know supplement supply i mean they, they change over time sure I, I was taking what i could take and i was just doing everything i could because and and from what i could study i studied like the ingredients of these supplements and, and it's like verifying what dr snow is saying what they could do to what it's like oh yeah these things actually do like colostrum and all this stuff so I just started taking and swallowing and I was not good at swallowing pills either but I got good and for about a month taking these but I wasn't getting any better Um, I was Hmm. slowly deteriorating because spoiler alert everybody knows this I didn't realize I had a blockage and it was killing me and there ain't no amount of supplements that is going to solve the problem of a blockage like that especially if it's the wrong supplements Okay. And so I I was dying and um something needed to be done. I had to make a decision to um go to the medical side of things. But we will get into that the next time we talk. I'll leave it there. Okay. That is a fantastic discussion. 
and I thank you so much for coming on, and I can't wait to hear yeah, thank you, Steve. Uh, the next 10 years <laughs> what happens. <laughs> yeah, listen, now, now, we're, now we're really – everybody's like, wait a minute. You're not going to test the protocol yet? We just listened to all this stuff about past life stuff, and now, and now you just talk about to- Dr. Snow for 10 minutes, and then we're gone. Yes, just watch it next time because um, I don't want to keep these podcasts going too long. And, right. Uh, but there's a, lot, there's a lot more to discuss. Um, how did I overcome this? And uh, really simple, and we'll, we'll, we'll find out next time. It's, it's, it's something that definitely uh, I needed the support from my wife and family. Um, for it and I'm, I'm glad to be alive for them at the very least I um, pull, pull them through it because there's some there's so many times that you think you can make it on your own you can't you, you definitely the support of friends and family if you can find them um, even if they don't understand everything clearly and, and may, might make mistakes and upset you if they're doing it for the fact that they care about you and, the, and they love you just um, try try to understand uh, through through their lens, and um, just be thankful um, that at least you have people there um, that are are trying to do something for it. Yeah, thank you. I think that message uh, thread is throughout the entire story you've told so far. Whether it's your family, your wife, your friends, and I I think it's very important. And I'm so glad you took the time to really be so open and share that with everybody. And I'm sure people that are listening uh, value and appreciate what you've done. And I really am excited to the to do the second half of this with you. So um, yes, sir, I look soon. forward to doing that. <laughs> All right. So I always end my podcast, as you know, if you've listened to any of them, with asking one important question. I get to probably ask you this twice. <laughs> <laughs> Two or three times, maybe. <laughs> I don't know how long this is going to go on, but I'm enjoying it. Uh, do you have gut hope? Now I thought about this answer. Oh uh, no! For, for this time, because um, I've I've listened to some of your podcasts. <laughs> so let me let me just let me just say this for at least the end of this. Um, at that time, I had hope that would eventually be hope for others. Um, but at this time, it was the hope of someone who was, who who was dying. And you'll see how that uh, gets overcome next time. Thank you for your honesty, Ryan. Thank you, Steve. Until next time, keep having gut hope.